uh, the qualifiers. Oh yeah, love it. Like, what do we? Do you want to put some sort of? Do you just want me to go through the results and you just chime in as normal, or do you, have you got some a, a big? Um, how good is it? <laughs> I mean, that'll come into it, of course. But is there anything? I don't have like an overarching narrative about it, but okay. I. I... Progressive Rugby League. It's Progressive Rugby League time again. I mean, it's always Progressive Rugby League time, but specifically it's the time when I talk about Progressive Rugby League with the Progressive Rugby League experts. Big Al's here. Hello, mate. Hello. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Jono, oh, welcome. to see you guys again. It's been, a, <laughs> it's been a tough day, and I'll tell you what, after a tough day, nothing better than talking rugby league. <laughs> Not any type of rugby league, Progressive Rugby League. I, I really like much. that opening line. Every It's always Progressive Rugby League time. It's, it that is, is a mantra that I live my life by. <laughs> it is always time for Progressive Rugby League. I am the slug, and this is the Progressive Rugby League podcast. And just a reminder to any new listeners, what are the pillars of Progressive Rugby League, Jono? Sure, let's start with pillar number one. Pillar number one, life is short, so chuck it around. Entertain us, all right? Pillar number two is, what do you stand for? Okay. Pillar number three, rugby league's a funny game. It eh? is. Hilarious. These are the tenets that we live by here at Progressive Rugby League. And... Let's get started, as we always do, with our round reflections. Big Al. Mm, yes, round reflection time. So I've been... I don't know if I've been looking forward to this moment or dreading this moment. Oh, no. Uh, Should we leave you to last? No, no. Well, it's too late now. I've already right. started. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's been a quite a tumultuous week for me, being the rusted-on Tigers fan that I am. Um, and i just like to sort of take you guys through the emotional journey that I've been on with the whole... Ivan Cleary coaching dilemma. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, for those who don't know, Ivan Cleary is the head coach of the West Tigers, and he's been, he's been approached apparently by the Pan- by Penrith Panthers to break his contract yeah. and join uh, the Panthers, the club that unceremoniously dumped him not four years ago, mm. um, and now apparently want him back. So, uh, everyone's been sort of asking me uh, how do you, how do you feel about it? What's what's your thoughts? And I'm I'm going to go on the record here and say I'm really disappointed in Ivan Cleary. <laughs> Hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Nothing's confirmed. Hasn't he? No, he, he's decided to stay, right? That, yeah. That's fine. But all, for me, all his integrity, all his on-the-bus jibber-jabber counts for nothing. Because, <laughs> because I've got no issue with him talking to Penrith. He spoke to Penrith and then he told the Tigers that he'd spoken to Penrith. That's fine. But if media reports are to, believe, are to be believed, he then spoke to the playing group afterwards and said he had a, air quotes, big decision to make for his family. Right. When you're two years, when you've got two years left to run on a contract for a, a club that has got you in, said get the players that you want. He's built a player. He's built a, a, a roster for players that he wants to play for. He wants to play with, and players have come to play specifically with him. And he's he's got a decision. In my mind, there's no decision to be made. <laughs> Do we definitely know this happened though? Sources say <laughs> so. Right. Reliable sources. So you think in, in, when the job opportunity came up, he wanted to go to Penrith? But maybe over the ensuing few days, it all became a bit hard, and that's why he was silent publicly for so long. 
Yeah. And then so he decided to He start. was obviously blinded by the idea of playing, of coaching his son, which is a, is a big ambition for him, and that's fine, whatever. But, you know, to quote Andrew Webster from the Fairfax Media a couple of days ago, mate, it's not under 10s, you don't always get to do that, okay? <laughs> but, nice that, that's, that's clouded his judgment somewhat. But Ivan Cleary has built this, built his empire on being this stand-up guy. He's got, um, you know, he's, he's of high character, he's, he's virtuous, he stands by his word, and he's really gone and torn that to shreds, I think, by even for a second thinking, oh, maybe I will break my contract three years early and join the Panthers who fired me so I can coach my son. <laughs> yeah. Look, you, yeah, I think, obviously, you're being a little harsh. I mean, because <laughs> from what we actually know... We should start... He actually did We should start filming these podcasts so people can see my reactions <laughs> to the things that you say. Because <laughs> from what we know, he has actually stood by his word and he's going to see out his contract. Okay, I, I agree with you. He probably... He, he thought of the possibilities of coaching his son and, and obviously coaching an exciting young football team who's probably going to win a premiership over the next I'm three years. I'm pretty sure he's just built an exciting young football team <laughs> that is about to enter a premiership window and if he, and he almost ruined it. But you're being a bit harsh. I mean, even we love Ivan here on the Progressive Rugby League mm, podcast. Yes. No, no, we used to love Ivan here. <laughs> he's, he's nominated for Man of the Year and Father of the Year at the end of year Progressive Rugby League Awards, which don't exist yet, but they may as well. So... Everyone, though, has, has their, their faults and, and shortcomings, and every now and then they go off track for a little while. So can't we just cut them a bit of slack and say, hey, for mm. a couple of days, Ivan, you were thinking, you were thinking immoral thoughts, but you've come back and you've done the right thing. Because at the end of the day, hasn't he done the right thing? Can't you see it as a classic, almost like a golden age Hollywood movie where the hero is tempted... That's right. And he wavers, wavers. You're yeah. not, not sure what he's going to do and then sees the light in the end. I mean, he, he mm, kissed that maybe. girl, but there was no tongue. <laughs> <laughs> the girl being Phil Gould? Yeah. It's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, that's fine. I, I guess I've, I've reconciled that. And I was very angry, angry at Ivan Cleary, um, but I was really uh, empowered by the words of Justin Pascoe. Right. The West Tigers won't get pushed around. Yeah. This is not a club that gets pushed around <laughs> brackets anymore because we used to get pushed around all the time. <laughs> um, but, Even uh, from within. But yeah. <laughs> Another takeaway from that though, this whole drama has taken away from me uh, a love for the Panthers. Yeah. The way they've acted in this has really made... Because I, I love the Panthers. I, well, I always want them to do well. Isn't it one bloke though? But he is the Panthers yeah. at the moment. Anyway, and I could probably get over that as well. It sort of backfired on Phil Gould and the Panthers a bit. And I noticed it in that interview that he gave on the footy show on Thursday night. It's the first time I've ever seen Phil Gould a bit nervous and a bit trembly in his voice when he was mm. answering the questions. Mm. And I, I sort of had the sense that he recognised that this had become a little big even for him to handle. Yeah. And it's just interesting to see what, what's happened over the last few days. And oh, there's gonna be, they're going to get a decent coach. There's plenty of people who want to coach Penrith. It's a oh. bloody good place to coach, you'd imagine. Well, the rumour is because Broncos want Bennett out. Yeah. He's going to go to Panthers for two years <laughs> until until <laughs> uh, Ivan's done at the Tigers. <laughs> he can move across. Well, I mean, I give if if it's Bennett and Gould, I give that uh, 12 <laughs> yeah, months. Yeah, imagine that. That's going to be a bloodbath. That's not going to be pretty. Yeah. But, okay, outside of all the negativity, I, there's two really cool, really funny things that happened this round that I wanted to highlight. Mm. In the Roosters game, who did the Roosters play this week? South. Roosters-South game. The ball hit Blake Ferguson square in the face. And because it was ruled a knock-on, he had to go and convince the referee. <laughs> I, just, I hit it with my face. I hit it with my face, not my hands. Well, that was pretty funny. And then um, Jared Hayne running around with uh, toilet paper wrapped up, not toilet paper, just like band, bandages all around his head like an Egyptian mummy for pretty much 80 minutes. I thought that was pretty cool too. That was pretty so, funny. Yeah, right. 
Uh, and just while I'm thinking of it, close your ears, Big Al. Go for it. Have you heard that they're going to play an A-League game at Le- Leichhardt Oval next? No, it's all right. I'm already across all that. I'm across <laughs> oh, okay. You meant to have your ears yeah. closed. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Uh, Darcy Byrne, who's the mayor of Leichhardt, I've got a pretty direct line with him. He tells me these things. He knows how I feel about like, okay. he, 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 yeah, he knows how I feel about Well, they need to make an income, I'm guessing, the Leichhardt Council on that ground. So, yeah. No, it's a, you know, it's, it's a community facility. That's right. It's not. It's not owned by the Tigers. Anyone yeah. can use it. That's fine. One more point on Ivan Clear, if I may. What about as long this? As it's not an AFL game. <laughs> what about this? Maybe he was just stringing out the decision for the game eve, so when it happened, everyone could get sucked up against the Raiders because against a, a bogey team over the last couple of years, and so maybe that was the reason why he waited for a while. And then the Tigers, it came to no, fruition. No. If, he wanted, the if, he, if he wanted, the best way to do that would be the moment that story break, press conference, there is no way I'm going to leave this club and this team and these players because what I'm building here is amazing and blah, 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 blah. And we're not going to get pushed around. And that would have just built the players up and they could have carried that through to the next yeah. game. The fact that he stayed silent for yeah. so long meant there was something to stay silent about. That's it. And okay. walks into the dressing room with a beatbox on his shoulder. <laughs> we're not going to take it. Um... Right. Well, I'll throw my round reflection sure. in there quickly before we cross to Jono. Mine's simply... It's more of a question to you guys. The Dragons. I just, I've been thinking... I've been wondering how much of their situation do you think is down to luck and coincidence? Mm-hmm. Or does the joke about them being chokers genuinely affect them psychologically and therefore affect the game? Oh, it's a very good question. Big Al. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it's... It would have to, right? Because the team, the, the, the Brisbane, the Dragons have been had the Chokers tag for as, as long as I can remember. Really, yeah. the players are all different. Like, the, you know, <laughs> the players change all the time, right? So yeah, it's obviously sure. something that just hangs in the air. In the air, yeah. and I think it's just something. It's just this uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. So once you lose two games, people start calling you a choker, yeah. and then it just gets to you. I think, and it's yeah, there's right. also the side of it. Maybe they're just an okay team who started really well. Or tend to start season as well. They've always start even back when Benji was playing like a couple of years ago. The team was completely different. They didn't have like they didn't have uh, Hunt in the halves. They didn't have sure. Graham and, and all those. The same thing happened. They won like their first seven games and then fell in a complete steaming pile. So mm. the fo- what we're saying is we should be positive and the focus should be talking about how well they start seasons <laughs> rather right. than how badly they end seasons. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Every game's equal. I mean, if you win the first round or the last round, still two points. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, that, was, that was my round reflection. It was just something I was musing over. Yeah, sure. Well, my reflection revolves around the, the bottom clubs of the NRL. And, geez, they're playing well, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> you look at your Cowboys, Parramatta, Manly, Bulldogs. Over the last few weeks, they've strung together some really high-quality wins against mm. high-quality opposition. Yeah. And why are they doing it? Well, they're trying to avoid the wooden spoon. Mm. The wooden spoon. I mean, you would have thought that the motivation to make the top eight would be greater. But no, apparently the motivation to avoid the wooden spoon is greater than to make the top eight. Uh, But of course... Well, what's what's better or worse, glory or humiliation? Well, exactly right, yeah. But it it, it sort of reminds me of the fact that the wooden spoon actually doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a wooden spoon. So, I mean, there's... There's no trophy or there's no branding of the wooden spoon. Yeah. You don't see any players getting tattoos of the wooden spoon <laughs> on their buttock at the end of the year. But but they're they're worried about this sort of fictitious uh, ki- kitchen utensil, and they don't want to receive this non-existent thing. When I was young, mm. I, I thought 
the wooden spoon meant that the team that came last, someone would go in the dressing room with the with a with wooden, wooden spoon, spoon and yeah. smack them. Give them a smack on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unless I'm mistaken, that does not happen. So, <laughs> Mad Mondays, my friend, they're getting wild. They are. But it's sort of the rugby league equivalent of turning to God to avoid hell in your dying days. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Re- sort of, you're pretty sure hell doesn't exist, but you better say a few prayers exactly. just in case. Just in case. Just in case. It's the same thing like with the wooden spoon. Like, pretty sure I've never seen a wooden spoon being awarded, but I'm just going to step up a bit just in case because I, I don't what want to get I, that What I like spoon. most about the wooden spoon is, is that... People, you get awarded the wooden spoon, like, or you win the wooden spoon, but you don't. Well, you don't actually get a wooden spoon, <laughs> but like, the, the, you get. It's not like you you lost all the games, so the wooden spoon goes to us. Yeah. You win the wooden spoon. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you get awarded the wooden spoon. There's a bit of that, but I mean, my broader <clears throat> point really re- refers to what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Imaginary uh, kitchen item. <laughs> no consequence. Oh right. So. Yes, there's a pretty good battle at the bottom of the ladder to avoid the wooden spoon, and it's good to see the teams putting in right to the end. But really, it's pretty trivial about who comes 14th, 15th, or 16th. I mean, yeah, it's slightly better to come 15th and 16th, or 14th than 15th, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Can you imagine if it did matter? If there was promotion relegation, yeah. these games at the end of the season yeah. would be hot. Yeah. There'd be big crowds because this while, is prime minister talk here. <laughs> yeah. While while these clubs are starting to play well, Parramatta, uh, Manly, and the Dogs, for instance, no one's really watching the games. The crowds are awful. If there was something on the line, something genuine on the line, yeah. the crowds would still be high. Interest would still be high, and of course, it would mean something. Yeah. And I'll just remind people what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. We had an idea. Where you, where you expand the game by creating this division below the NRL of expansion teams, including your Perths, your PNGs, your Tamworth Twangs, your Tamworth Twangs, uh, your Papua New Guineas, uh, anyone else who want, from the lower grades who wants to give it a go and have, has the resources to potentially be a professional unit, and then you start a promotion relegation system. So that what that's a way to bringing the expansion into the game and also consequence through promotion relegation. Let's let's just go a bit further with that. Let's say that the uh, NRL liked the idea but didn't want to spend the money establishing a new comp. Yeah. Could it work then? Mm-hmm. How, how many... What, what's your ideal number of uh, teams going down, teams coming up? Uh, probably two. Two. I would say. All right. So why can't you take the winner of the Queensland competition yeah and the winner of the new south wales competition from that year and they get well you could but i i'm thinking of a way to expand the game so there's all these all these sort of places in the southern hemisphere and australia new zealand who want a part be part of the nrl yeah but the nrl it's probably not a good idea to have like a 20 or 22 team competition i personally don't want to see traditional clubs uh lost at the expense of these new potential new clubs so it's a way of bringing them in without hurting anyone, but then let them fight it out to play into the into the top division. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what what you miss out with if you, if you don't take my idea is if say Bulldogs for example, they avoid relegation in the top tier, but yeah. then their New South Wales Cup team wins. You got two Bulldogs team in the NRL. <laughs> no, well that that's that second division will be different, separate to the New South Wales and Queensland Cup. It'll be yeah. I'm saying if they don't want to spend the money establishing oh, yeah. that, well, yeah, they, if they if they went, we like the idea, we don't want to spend any money on it. What do we do instead? 
Oh yeah, that, that two mascot thing already exists in the Queensland Cup, I think. The this, There's two Seagulls teams. Yeah, there's two Magpies yeah. in the New South Wales Cup too. Yep. But it's not just mascots. They're actually two Canterbury teams. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, so I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I think, yeah, so the reason the Jono's perfect world is where that second that second division doesn't have an uh, affiliation with the top division. Yeah. So like right now that second division's are yep. all, they all feed up, so it won't work. But I like, I like what you had. Yeah, yeah, I was just being a pragmatic. I wonder, spoke. like, the, the, the battle for You're the wooden spoon. <laughs> so the, like I was saying, the mo- motivation to avoid the wooden spoon seems for some players to be bigger than the motiv- motivation to make the top eight. Maybe, like, those, those players, you know, have you ever worked with someone who just does the bare minimum and, Ooh. you know, they always... Hmm. <laughs> Why are you both looking at me? <laughs> well, I was going to say... <laughs> I'm sure it's people I work with do. You know, there's like uh, people who will take holidays when they know it's the busiest time of the year, yep, things yeah, like that. Yeah. I wonder, like, because if you're a rugby league player and you want to do the bare minimum, well, you don't want to play finals because that's an extra four weeks of work. <laughs> so what you want to do is you want to avoid finals, but you don't want to come last because you still want to have a job for next year. Yeah. So coming between 10th, 9th and sort of 15th is actually ideal. Maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah. Mm. You know, Are we going to name names here? No. Who do you, who do you think's going for the? <laughs> well, I mean, the let's look at the last table. last few years. It always seems to be Canberra and the Tigers who end up ninth or tenth. So you know, they, they <laughs> get September off. Why have you singled out ninth and tenth and not thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth? Well, there's Parramatta as well. Is of it course, convenient really. for you? I think. That's... <laughs> anyway, I haven't won, I haven't really thought that one through. All right, okay. All right. Well, we better move into the mailbag before the night escapes us too much. People have questions. People have thoughts. They write into us. We try to answer them. BRL Mailbag. It's the BRL Mailbag. And uh, before moving to a kind of larger social media topic that's been going on, I'll just yeah. mention that friend of the show, Dan, uh, got back in contact with us. As more of a comment than a question, he just said, Hi guys, you mentioned in the last pod about Klein and refing in both Super League and the NRL. Tim Roby is another example. However, I'm not sure whether he's refereed in the NRL yet or just been a touchy. Unfortunately, he's probably now most famous for being the touchy that missed the Cronulla Ford pass versus the Warriors a few weeks back. So, like yeah. Well, you know what, Tim Roby? We've got your back. Yeah. Everyone makes mistakes, don't worry. You'll, you'll make it, mate. If you haven't yet. <laughs> all right. And you can give the Sharks a couple of forward passes. That's all right. Oh, I don't mind that. Give us a break. Uh, but, yeah, we, we there was a bit bit of a, shall we call it a storm mm. on our social media account this week, Jono? Well, look, as regular listeners would know and followers of our Twitter account, we've been live tweeting our reading of the book, The Forbidden, Forbidden Game, by Mike Rylance, which, of course, looks at the history of French rugby league and the tragedy that is the history of French Rugby League. And, you know, just been tweeting the odd excerpt, and one really caught the imagination of the Twitter sphere, and that was basically, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but, you know, Rugby Union basically killed Rugby, rugby League. <laughs> rugby Union France. got in a position of power and outlawed Rugby League. Basically. I think is basically. That's, that's exactly, <laughs> that's what happened. And, and we got a huge response to that particular excerpt, and, and people were starting to, to say, something really has to be done, and... One in particular was a guy who goes by the moniker of Catalan Media, 
Now, I looked into who Catalan Media is. He's a guy called Steve Brady. He's an Englishman who lives in the south of France. And but you've just outed him. Maybe he doesn't want that. No, he's got a website. He's oh, got okay. a website. All right, all right. And he, uh, you know, I think he organises trips for English people to watch the games in France when their team travels. So oh, yeah. he loves the game in France. Jeez, what a job. Yeah, not bad, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so he's keen to actually take this, the battle for reparations. Everyone sort of understands that French Rugby League was robbed and deserves some sort of reparations, which they've never had. And so he's keen to take that battle to the European Parliament. And he's, he's going to do it. He said he's going to do it. He's going to wait till the Challenge Cup final's over so that, you know, uh, we can give that... Let's fill Wembley, yeah, that sort that's of thing. Right. Let's fill Wembley. But afterwards, he said, let's pick it up again. I mean, times have changed. Legal challenges, you know, they can, they can happen. If there is a genuine will, it can be achieved. What's wrong remains wrong... Until it is made right. Oh, oh good oh, quote, Catalan Goosebumps, Media. goosebumps. That's, uh, that's amazing stuff. And look, of course, we're on board with this movement. This is something that, like Catalan Media says, Steve Brady, it has to be made right. Mm. And one day, it will. Is there a chance we'll have to appear in court? Uh, look, I'm ready for that. <laughs> My French isn't, isn't great, though. <laughs> so <laughs> say you'll, you'll have one of those little earpieces in yeah. there have in the UN. Oh, yeah, right. Where it's translated. Uh, uh, of course, when I say we, we I mean you, John. <laughs> you well, it's a just cause, and I'm happy to... Uh, to I, I tell you what, I think that like, rugby league, I've always gone on... Like, rugby league has within it enormous potential, just with the stories that, that sit within the game that mm. people don't know about. Yeah. And this story is intriguing enough and is at a, a scale like the stakes are big enough like it involves well, Nazis and World War 2 and, yeah. and, um, and abuse of power and stuff like that it, it will it has it therefore has the, the ability to capture the interest of people that don't care about the sport at all mm. like it, it, just, it's a great story just the idea that Nazis invading France you know countries getting wiped out uh, like a puppet government formed mm. there's a government in exile over in Britain yeah Someone, someone somewhere, while all this was going on, went, I see an opportunity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. The opportunism <laughs> is breathtaking. If you read that book, yeah. I'll tell you what. So I, I think if we give this, if we can somehow whip up enough support, this thing, it, it can go viral, my yeah. friends. Ah. And I mean, I think earlier this year, a couple of weeks ago, an old Guardian article from like 2006 was knocking about Twitter because somebody retweeted it yeah. about the, um, the the powers that rugby took uh, advantage of, a, of, a, of an occupied nation and, and outlawed their, yeah. the, the sport that was essentially eating them from the inside. So watch this space. I mean, we say after the Challenge Cup final, I think the movement will begin in earnest. And may I say, we have been reading, live tweeting the reading of the book. We've now completed the reading of the book. And next week... We're going to have a segment on the show, uh, Rugby League Book Club, and we're going to review the book and we're going to discuss uh, the history of French Rugby League and what we thought of the book and what we think can happen in the future in French Rugby League. Excellent. I haven't told you guys about it. That's that that sounds like, a, like an episode unto itself. Uh, well, should I mean, we do a bonus? Uh, well, possibly. We'll, we'll talk about it, but okay. we, have to, we have to talk about the book. Yeah. Give people that book again in case they want to buy it and read along. It's The Forbidden Game by Mike Rylance. Excellent. Good luck finding it. Progressive Rugby League. Slug me, gal, and me. We like what we see when it comes to French Canadian rugby, rugby 13. 13.
What I love most about that time is we all did the ear, the hand over the ear <laughs> thing that you do in the studio because uh, uh, I've got a pair of enormous Womack and Womack style headphones on too. <laughs> I really liked how you went you went for the, the baritone on that one. You went very low. Yeah, um, I think that suits you. That's Thank my you. preference. Um, all right, international update. Let's get into it. So I just want to get something out of the way here. Yep. Super League, blah blah blah. No consequences. Who cares? Catalans got smashed by Warrington, fifty-six to six. Inconsequential, my friends. Doesn't matter. We all know where the action is. That's in the qualifiers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It is all happening. What a start. Mm. What's been happening? Um, so we'll, should we go through the results, and then we yep. can just sort of discuss the qualifiers uh, conceptually as a whole and where we yep. think it's going. So right. uh, let's rattle them off. Toronto beat Halifax 14-zip. Um, yep. That was uh, away. That was an away game for Toronto, so it's good to chuck up the away games when you can. Grubbiness levels? Solid. <laughs> solid grubby solid, solid no, no. not grubby yeah solid right. not grubby okay good <laughs> that's, not bad, that's surprising um, Toulouse tragically got uh, thoroughly beat by Leeds 48 to 22 um, I this game was actually broadcast at a relatively friendly time in Australia so 12.30 on a Saturday night Sunday morning so I managed to watch it mm. uh, on replay on Sunday morning because <laughs> I couldn't stay up that late uh, but Toulouse played actually I wanted to say it's a Looking at the the difference in not skill level but uh, I think fitness between Leeds yeah. and Toulouse, it's probably coming quietly clear. I don't really think Toulouse can make it because yeah. um, they, they've got they've just it's going to be a tough road for them. They're, but, des- they're destined to lose. Oh, what are saying? Get out of here! <laughs> See you, folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. out. Enjoy the rest of the pod. But I do have to say, after watching them play, top flight rugby league needs to lose Olympia. Yeah. In there because yeah. the the brand of football that they play is yeah. like it's so much fun to watch. It is just like it's it's positive, it's free flowing, it's enthusiastic, it's happy, yeah. it's really really good. And and they the game was really close for like it was 50, twenty to sixteen so minutes, yeah. twenty to sixteen at half time. No, right in it. And there were some tries that that Toulouse should have scored had it not been for like a really just stupid knock on before the line and that sort of stuff like yeah, it, yeah. and Leeds were out on their feet uh, like I think maybe this says a lot about why Leeds have had a spectacular collapse from last year mm. I don't think they're particularly fit either because around the 65th minute mark it, they could barely like get on side yeah, they, right. they were sluggish and everything but um, I'm really charmed by this idea of happy rugby league that's exactly what it was yeah. so I was just I mean we've seen a couple of Toulouse games across the year um, we saw another one I think oh. they played against Toronto at yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. at the Magic Weekend. Oh, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm imagining people like a, the ball moving through the backs and everyone just go sort of tee hee hee. The crowd's going tee hee. Because they play an enterprising brand of rugby. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's very amazing. French. It's, it's great. It's great stuff to watch. Uh, and so yeah, they went down. Um, but look, they've got a couple of wins in them. You'd think on that performance. I mean, Leeds. Yes, they've had a bad year, but surely they're one of the better teams in the in the middle eights mm. so they were right in it for a while and they'll learn from that and, yeah. I, and I think they've got at least a couple of wins in them yep well he's hoping I, I, after after watching that this was the first time I'd really committed to a full 80 minutes of Toulouse and yep. it was it was like, worth oh, it. it got me excited wow it's, so uh, moving on big news my London Broncos yeah. defeated the Witness Vikings 21-20 to so a uh, nail-biting game there yeah. and really surprising result because I guess everyone just expects the championship team teams to lose to the, the Super League teams yep. but there you go cop that one yeah. um, and it was a, a field goal by Jared Samet in the, Jared in the final Samet. minutes oh, right. the, old, oh. the old Panther yeah yeah. also well, what was it was it in the uh, Big Al approved field goal zone <laughs> yeah I think it was beyond 75 minutes <laughs> oh, okay. uh, Big Al approved 
Um, and then uh, one other result. So in what I've now dubbed the Battle of Tim Sheens, uh, Salford 28 have beat Hull KR 10. Which is also a big upset, really, because Salford have been pretty terrible throughout the year, and Hull KR were were tipped to be the ones to get through automatically. So all, all of a sudden, Hull KR have lost by 18 points in their first game. They now have to travel to Toronto Boom. next week, which sets up an enormous game. Toronto won their first game, playing against Hull KR, who could be... Zero and two after two games, which mm. would be devastating for Tim Sheens. For Timbo. Uh, so it just that's uh, an enormous game already in the context of the qualifiers. Yeah. So again, Jono has been harping on about it for a long, long time now. Mm. But consequence and the qualifiers. Yeah. I'll tell you it, what, it makes for an exciting competition. So should we should we go through the table? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Man. So uh, rattling off the top four, the four teams that have had wins, leads at the top, uh, then Salford, Toronto, and London. That's two top four, all with two, uh, and then. Uh, Widnes, Halifax, uh, Hull KR, and Toulouse. So Toulouse currently languishing in eighth because of that 20 point, 26 point difference yeah. in their loss there. But they can turn it around. They can turn it around. Yeah, yeah, it's early days, early days. So we've still got six games to go. Exactly. So are we agreeing that uh, if you win, well, if you win four, that's you're guaranteed in the top four? Is that well, I mean, it depends, work on that? No, I mean it depends on results because one team might lose all their games and then mm. it might be a top heavy table yep. but uh, you'd think four wins definitely get you into the, the million pound game at the very least four wins should actually get you into the top three you'd think yep. but um, yeah you'd think for the, the championship teams they need to knock off a Super League team mm-hmm. to, to have a chance so this is Toronto's chance this week if they can beat Hull KR yep. then <clears throat> they're pretty much through mm. yeah, this, so is, this is a massive weekend for them so we'll go through the upcoming games then so we've got uh, Toronto versus Hull KR uh, and then Salford versus Widners Toulouse Olympique versus Halifax and London against Leeds. So Toulouse Olympique against Halifax, that's something. That's a game they have to win. That's yep. one of those games they have to win to have any chance. They lose that, uh, they can kiss it goodbye. Yeah. Uh, so it's an enormous game. What's London versus Leeds? Yeah, London geez, Leeds. That's a, that's a tough one as well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, and two games broadcast on Sky Sports. So I think so, last round there was only one of them. You know, like I was a bit naive about um, how. How much of a minor sport rugby league is in the UK until I sort of realised... I knew that they were only broadcasting a few games, but it didn't actually sink in. You know how we get every game broadcast live? Yeah. Yeah. But really, some games in the, in the UK are just not broadcast at all. Yeah. I mean, in Australia, even like the NBL, the, the National Basketball League, gets all their games broadcast live. So, But every, every Super League game is broadcast live, right? No, well, I don't think so, because... no. Uh, that's what I was saying. To Unacceptable the, on the Twitter sphere, like unless I'm. Mistaken. I, I would understand the the qualifiers. Whilst I think it's super exciting to many, it's it's like the second division. I'm pretty sure. second division playoffs. So I I, I I guess I can get why one or two of them would be broadcast. But if if we don't if we don't have if our UK fans and friends and fans and, and listeners don't have live, every game every single live every single game of the, of the Super League round live, then that's disgusting. Yeah. It shows, That's abhorrent. It shows how <laughs> tough they've got it. Like it it's yeah. a, it's a so not means, just a minor sport. It's almost yeah. got minnow status there. So that, yeah, that yeah. Means... Dan, Dan or any other UK listener, please let us know. Well, if I, that's did, correct. I did send out a, a tweet, and unless I'm mistaken, that, that's the case. So I, I sent out a tweet because I think it was on the Friday night games. There were like five at the same time, and I said, why don't they stagger them? So you, know, you can maximise your audience, mm. and then the response came back because they only show one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I was like, oh, gosh, that's a bit sad. So but you know what that means? That means that those people that are fans in England are extra credit because it means it takes effort. It takes, takes effort, effort to be a rugby yeah, league fan. Right. It yeah. takes effort to follow the game. Whereas here, 
it takes no effort at all, really. It's 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 on everywhere all the yeah. time, which is why I love it so much. So it really it circles back to the need really for expansion, especially in the Northern Hemisphere game, because obviously they're struggling. Well, you know what will increase publicity for the game in the Northern Hemisphere? If we highlight what the rugby union did in the, <laughs> in the vacuum that was uh, occupied well, occupied France in World War II. It all circles back, doesn't it? Yeah. And in other news, French Rugby League has a strong future because they've just been crowned the under-19 European Rugby League champions, defeating England 26-24. So wow. exciting news there. Well, well, done, well, done, to our, well done to our French friends. And that goes uh, hand-in-hand with... Earlier in the year, we spoke about the under-16s victory over the English in a test series there. So that's really positive signs. You'd think it's a, a strengthening of the French system. I actually did... Uh, I saw a tweet from our friend, the Rugby League hipster, who was bemoaning the English uh, sort of setup at the underage levels because of this loss. And I asked, is it a strengthening of the French um, Rugby League or is it a weakening of England? And he said, it's a bit of both. France, mm-hmm. France are definitely strengthening their structures, but English rugby league at the lower levels really struggling. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. That's a real shame. But, I mean, anything that highlights a French progression is very exciting. <laughs> it um, and moving on, one more event. Uh, this weekend, the first ever Vanuatu women's rugby league game was held in Port Villa. Wow. So, uh, the Port Villa powerhouse defeating the Melee Eels 12-8. Yeah, nice. Port Villa powerhouse. Love that name. That's yeah, pretty good. That's pretty yeah, cool, yeah. yeah. Powerhouse. Kind of sounds a little bit like a wrestler, but still, good name. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 well, it's it, alliteration always helps. And it's evocative. Yeah. Like, it's a power. That's a sort of vague concept. But if you can, you can imagine power contained within in a, a structure house, yeah. in a house. It's bursting at the yeah. seams. It's yeah. so much power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice. All right. Well, thank you once again for that update. And we will move into the progressive moments before the night gets too long and dark and eerie. Let me start off. I'm going to talk about my progressive moment of the week being Toulouse Olympique. They lost, unfortunately. But at the end of the game, they tidied up their own dressing room. They made sure they put all the rubbish into some central plastic bags so that... You know, no one else had to do it. They're taking a leaf out of the Japanese football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, perhaps the Japanese football team are taking a leaf out of the. I heard the Japanese soccer team are pretty big rugby league fans. I, I, especially to the second division in England. Either way, either way, I think it's a nice touch. And not only that, Toulouse Olympic coach, uh, at the end of the game, he ensured on the bench the benches were all clean, yep. and he put all the rubbish from the benches in a, a central place mm. so it could be easily cleaned up did he sort out the recycling from the I wouldn't recycle? be surprised if he did <laughs> I mean that's the kind of guy he is our sheep farming coach at Toulouse yeah. Olympics so yeah. well done fellas alright very good uh, I might chime in here very quickly but, uh, by saying schadenfreude is not necessarily a, a progressive concept but there's much joy to be had in seeing the corporate robot that is the Melbourne Storm have a complete system failure, and that's what we saw on the weekend in the NRL. <laughs> they, they were horrible. Yeah, they were all over the place, weren't they? Yeah, I, kept, were... I, I watched it because I was totally death-riding the Sharks because I, don't, I, I wanted them... I just wanted another team to be two points away from the Tigers. Right. <laughs> uh, and I was like, don't worry, Cameron Smith's going to fix this eventually. Yeah. And every time he touched the ball, he did something stupid with it. Yeah. It was really weird. Strange game. Yeah. Oh, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, but... But despite that, they're still near the top of the ladder. And you look at the top of the ladder and the names that dominate it, Smith, Slater, Cronk. Yeah. Even after all, <laughs> all that's happened this year, those three players still yeah. right near the top of the ladder. But do, do, you, think, do you think 
Cameron Smith has um, an unhealthy relationship with his friends leaving. So Kronk left, yeah. and there was a lot of tension there, and continues to be. Yeah. And now Billy's gone. S- Billy announces he's leaving, and he Smith, has a terrible Smith game. <laughs> has a complete uh, functionality breakdown. So, <laughs> like, well, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I enjoyed watching that. Fair enough. Big Al. Big Al. Uh, so, my progressive moment of the round, the Physical Disability Rugby League of New Zealand, otherwise known as the PDRLNZ, have just named their train-on squad to take part in a three-match series played against the Physical Disability Rugby League of Australia uh, at this year's Emerging Nations World Cup, which we all know is going to be in October this year, so look forward to That's that one. Good yeah. stuff. Um, and I'd also just like to, to call out something else. We all know I'm a big Drinkwater fan. Yeah. yeah. So he put out a tweet earlier this week around the qualifiers because yeah. he's both been he's not in the qualifiers this year but he has been there mm. and he just said uh, best of luck to all teams and players starting the middle eights it may be exciting for the fans and supporters but for players it's the worst two months they will go through <laughs> so I think he's there he's highlighted that he's, he's all for the fans but he empathises with the workload that these, these teams are, are looking at so look it's stressful because it's oh, consequential yeah. oh my word is it what and, and this year the extra travel load they travel to Toronto yeah, well, that's a pretty cool place, though. I mean, you've got to look at the positives, people. I mean, I'd love a free yeah, trip to, to Toronto. Yeah, exactly. and it sounds good to me. Plus, travel to it. Toronto, then the south of France, and then Widnes? Wow. <laughs> a great excuse if you play poorly, too. Yeah, look how far we had to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And um, isn't Drinkwater a good guy? Oh, Drinkwater. Oh, he's a great guy. Great guy. Oh. That's, that's, I mean, he didn't play this weekend. They lost 56 6 uh, to Warrington. Mm. I mean, they were obviously low on hydration without a Drinkwater. Yeah. So, <laughs> what do you say? Point drought. Um, all right, thanks very much for joining us, everybody. You know where to get in contact with us. Why not be the first person to ever use the uh, email, which <laughs> is progressiverl at outlook.com? All right, so the first person that actually sends us an email, if they provide us a mailing address, I'll handwrite a thank you note to them. And, oh. and with that note, I'll provide you with Sterlo Story of a Champion, which is the first ever book I read. The, the autobiography of Peter Sterling. Hang on. You, <laughs> no, this is new information. Are you, are you giving away a book for anyone who writes an email? They might just no say hi. Gonna, no one's going to write an email, trust me. Oh, right. No one does emails these He's days. He's using reverse yeah. knowledge. I like it. I think it's going to work. Thanks. All right, bye all. See you. See you all in Rugby League We Trust. <laughs>